that into a holiday tune. But of course, if you're listening after the holiday break, you know, not good timing. Let's move on. Hi, friends. Welcome or welcome back to the Yearbooking Report podcast. Besides, you don't want to hear me sing anyway. Who am I? Oh, I'm Scott Geezy, 23-year representative for Jostens Yearbooks, 40 years as a journalist. And again, as we've mentioned many times in the past, folks, it's all about the stories. And if you're really into yearbook, hopefully you already know that. So hopefully, here we are, roughly speaking, at the middle of the school year, we could say, how's it going? Well, obviously we know, once again, another challenging year. It's been tough, no matter where you may be listening to this, probably any place on planet Earth where you're listening to this. It's tough, and it's going to continue. So let's make the best of it. And I can understand that in tough times like this, where a lot of school folks are just trying to get the basics done, much less anything beyond that, if you want to expand your yearbook creativity, you might think, well, this just isn't the year. Maybe next year. Maybe next year. I'm going to differ with you on that one. And hopefully our interview here in this episode is going to change your mind because it's still a chance, even here in the middle of a school year, there is still a chance to make some probably small changes and really make your yearbook and effort look terrific. And when I was thinking a while back about better yearbook creativity, the first name that popped right into my head was my good friend Rick Brooks. Rick is amazing. He has been nationally recognized. He's been at this for over three decades as a Jostens creative specialist. Most of Rick's work is with colleges, literally all over the country, a lot of Ivy Leagues, a lot of top schools that everybody's heard of, service academies, all those big ones, but also high schools and middle schools and so on. And it's part of Rick's job to kind of ramp up the creativity, the interesting storytelling, and how to present it. How to present it on the page with photos, with colors, with stories, with fonts, all that sort of background material that can make a good yearbook really great. And yes, even in a pandemic year. And it's not too late to start. So hopefully you've got your pad and pen, because again, you're going to be taking notes here. Rick is going to share things about trends, about what's hot, what's interesting, what's new, all that sort of stuff for 2021-22, and hopefully give you some inspiration on how you, no matter what level you're at, I mean literally elementary on up, no matter what level you're at, how you can improve your yearbooking effort this year. So first off, let's meet Rick. Well, folks, let me welcome back my good friend Rick Brooks to the Yearbooking Report. He's been on here a couple of years ago. Rick, first, I appreciate you taking time out today. Uh, we're going to talk about, talk about creative stuff primarily. But you've been, uh, goodness, you've been a very busy fellow lately. It's been a busy <laughs> fall. It's hard to track you down. I mean, uh, now we're talking here in early December. Where have you been lately? You've seemingly been everywhere. Pretty much everywhere. Yes, yes. It started heavily in, in August, um, kind of at that that beginning of the school year and has gone straight through now and is, is going to continue next week and the week after. So. Now, that's interesting because we still have the virus that shall not be named hanging around. And a lot yeah. of folks, of course, have curtailed their travel. Sounds like you're just going full steam. Well, I, I guess, I, I guess, yes, yes, definitely. There's still a lot of, of virtual stuff happening in the country. 
Um, and there's sometimes that that's a really good thing to do. Um, sometimes when you're actually creating something, a form of production, you can actually sample materials right on the screen and, and do things very well virtually. But there's a lot of times an in-person visit is, is really essential. And most of the schools I'm working with at this point really need that, that in-school support. Now, that's interesting. Um, I'm not going to disagree with you. Uh, well, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> there's something about being in person that just, I don't know, adds something. For sure. I mean, what what are the, uh, this is a silly question, maybe. What what does it add? I mean, as opposed to Zoom, like we're, you and I are talking on Zoom right now. What, what is it about being in person that's just better than anything else? It's the immediate understanding of what someone means. And there's something that, that the virtual environment kind of misses right there. A lot of cameras are off when you're doing a virtual environment type thing. A lot of students aren't really part of it. But when they're in the classroom, when you're in the classroom with them, you're all part of the same project. You're all part of the same event. And it, it, does, it does make a difference. Now, I do some online teaching with my schools that I work with, and I actually enjoy it. It's a lot of fun. It gives me a chance to do some teaching that would be difficult for me to do if I was going school to school to school, like in a day. Oh, there's great you know, I might, things. That I, I don't have this. very much time to, you know, devote to that sort of thing. But when I do it online, it's like I've got lots of time. But I mean, do you do any online stuff or is primarily your work in person? Oh, well, in the spring, it was, and last year, of course, it was pretty much all online. It was all this. It was all this. I actually do something a little bit different because we have plant, plant artists that actually do cover design meetings online and that's that's the whole thing is actually done um not really through the camera but through your seeing their screen and there's a, there's a lot of different things that happen there my meetings are actually meetings where i actually meet with someone and mine's a very conceptual start it's the schools that don't really have the exact thing that can be made into a production material um, we're coming up with ideas and that's something where a meeting is better to come up with ideas now, you're a terrific artist, and we're going to find that out here in a little bit. We have great cover artists for Jostens all over the country. I mean, group like in the Northeast and in the South and in the West and Midwest and so on. And of course, uh, we've been primarily, as far as cover designing is concerned, I think I can say this, we've been just about all online again this year, at least I have. Um, I don't know, do you ever get a chance to talk to some of the other artists? Do they like oh, yeah. online? Do they For prefer sure. in person? What what's the what's the feeling there? Well, I can't really speak to speak to what they feel, but but they are doing something very different. They're actually taking very specific ideas. Um, and putting them together on screen. So for them, it's perfect. It really is perfect to do it right there. They can work right in Photoshop, right in front of the person. But I'm not really working that way. Mine's more of a conceptual thing. So if someone says, well, we have this idea, we want to have something possibly with a variation of our school that's pencil sketched or something like that, that's not so easy to do right on in Photoshop in front of somebody. So mine goes a little bit different direction there. Mine's more of coming up with the ideas versus coming up with the actual production materials. So there's a definite difference, but they do a great job with those, those sessions because they have the materials to work with. They can sample the fonts right away. It's a really, really valid, valid design technique. 
Now, I've been doing this a long time, but you've been doing it longer. Um, tell us, you know, tell everybody like your background. What, what, uh, how did you come into this? How long have you been doing this and so on? I, I was doing my high school yearbook and I did my college yearbook and um, worked a little bit outside of publishing for a, a while, but I came right to Justin's um, just about after college. Um, and I've been doing your books ever since. I mean, I was an editor of a book and kept on editing, just kept on going. But I'm a, I'm a conceptual artist. I'm a fine artist. I'm a journalist. I'm a designer. I mean, all those things together and a teacher. So all those things kind of fit together into this perfect little position for me. So what, you're only 28 years old? Yes, 28 years old. That's a big fat lie, folks. <laughs> no, seriously, how long have you been doing this? I've been doing this 35 years, which is a very long time. Um, and that doesn't count the stuff I did outside of Justin's before when I was actually an editor of books and stuff. So, And Rick and I are, are co-members of the Ultraman Fan Club. Now, if you don't know who Ultraman is, he's not Marvel. Okay, he's not. Oh, he's got him again. We're doing Zoom here, so so I have my Ultraman somewhere. He's upstairs. <laughs> if you have no idea what we're talking about, go online, go to the Google machine, and just search for Ultraman. And when you come up with Japanese stuff, that's Ultraman. Okay, and somehow Rick and I both have Ultraman figurines, which means we are weird. <laughs> yeah, something I liked as a kid. <laughs> anyway now you do a lot of your work with colleges i do and um, all right this situation that we've been in for the last well not quite two years now um i guess an opening question is from all your traveling and so on are, are colleges handling this okay i work primarily from the high school and middle school angle there have been a lot of struggles there not just yearbook wise i'm talking school wise how about, you know, from the college angle, from all the folks? Well, that things things are actually are starting to change rapidly. They're starting to change rapidly. Um, I actually was just at a college meeting um, day before yesterday. That was that was large. I mean, there, there were 25 students there. It was it was pretty amazing. Um, and that was in Connecticut. But that was pretty amazing. But colleges aren't really handling this any different than high schools are. Um, it's, it's a challenge. It's very difficult to switch from a virtual environment back to a real environment and feel safe and all those things that go into it. Um, but you just have to, you just have to have to trust the vaccination, trust the, the masks, trust the stuff um, to, to get back to, to something that's closer to a normal for everybody. Now for folks listening that maybe, you know, high school yearbook is what they know, maybe middle school yearbook is what they know maybe they saw a college yearbook if they went to college, maybe they bought one, but they don't have any, you know, any uh, uh, background on that. How are college yearbooks either the same, or I'm guessing the word different from say a high school yearbook? I mean, you would think a yearbook is a yearbook. They're all the same, right? I know that's not true. How are they different? Well, it's kind of true. It's kind of true. The difference is really in what you're going to cover. Because from a, a college perspective, most of them are very large. They're, they're very large schools. I mean, look at Penn State University. It's 40,000 students. It's, it's huge. And there's not really a thought that we're going to put every one of those students in that book three times. That 
that kind of stuff isn't really the thought process for a college book. We're representing something about the feel of the college, the college experience, the high school experience too, but there's a, a ability to put all those students in the book multiple times. You can really cover people more than you can cover the, the college, the feel of the college, what meant something to everybody. So for a college, it's, it, it is different. There's just a different perspective on what you're gonna cover. It's more about the events and less about the individual students. It's about groups of students. Now, Rick and I are veritable neighbors. We live about a half hour apart and Penn State University is in our backyard. So we both know Penn State pretty well, which is the reason that uh, Rick there mentioned Penn State. Um, Rick, I'm curious though, um, and I, you know, schools are different, obviously. I know, I guess there are some colleges where every student gets a book, like it's part yeah. of their tuition or something like that, right? Sure. And there are some private high schools that, that every student gets a book. Some, some schools, every senior gets a book. It's, it's just kind of how they, how they have their structures set up. But there are some colleges that, where they don't do that. And so if somebody wants a book, they do it the old-fashioned way. They buy one. And college book sales, Rick, my observation is, I don't know, they, they've never been very good. Now, well, am no, I wrong, no, am I wrong on that? You are. Okay. Um, it's not true that they're not very good. They're not very good in circumstances where the yearbook group can't communicate to the student body. If, or, or the yearbook group can't communicate to the student body enough to get editors to work on the book. Sometimes the college is so large, things are so separate that it's very difficult to even know there is a book. And that's where it becomes an issue. The schools like Boston College and, and, and Harvard and Dartmouth and Yale and, and Penn State, different schools, I mean, different colleges are trying very hard to communicate with their student populations. And when they do, like at, like at Boston College and Harvard, it is a huge success. Excellent programs from start to finish. New Jersey Institute of Technology in, in New Jersey has a fabulous program. It's the program that's fabulous. They can communicate to their students and people want the book. They, they do want the book right after high school. They still want a book. Um, and when they know it's there, then, then it's a great thing. But a lot of students go in not having any thought that there might be a book. And there most often is. I'm curious, they ever have any trouble getting yearbook staffers, in other words, students Absolutely. to work on the book? Why is Absolutely. that? It's Why that, is that? Same it's that same communication thing um, where students don't think there's going to be a book at a college. For some reason, there's some thought that there won't be a book. So they don't even explore. They don't even look into it to see if there is one. Some schools even, even pay their staff or give them stipends, or sometimes there's credits toward, toward tuition, those kind of things. Depends on where you go. I mean, some, some don't. Um, but it's worth looking into it. If you're going to go to college somewhere, look into the fact whether they have a book or not. And it's a fabulous thing to put on a resume that you did a college book. It's a big deal. We'll get back to more with our friend Rick Brooks of Jostens, creative design expert, coming up in just a bit. And get ready for the note-taking. 
What are the hot trends this year? Remember the word retro? Retro? What's old is new again. Isn't that interesting? Things about interesting cover designs. Oh, we got some cool stuff. That's coming up here in just a bit. Now, hopefully your group has already been very, very busy taking lots and lots of photos. You know, students doing things in school, out of school. Don't forget the teachers and administrators, them too. Lots and lots of great photos, and hopefully, of course, you're going to continue to do that no matter what future weeks may bring. And so here in the middle of the school year, that means it is time for the annual Jostens Photo Contest, which, by the way, depending on who's listening, anybody, no matter who you work with, can enter the Jostens Photo Contest. The contest, as always, begins January 1st. As always, it'll end March 1st. So the month of January and February, those are the months to uh, make your entries. It's easy. It's free. You do it online, jostens.com slash photo contest. Simple as that. You can do it through your phone, I suppose, if you needed to. Now, when you go on the website, make sure to check the rules. That's always important. Check out the 10 different image categories that students can enter. And one of those 10, by the way, is simply for middle school students. So they don't have to uh, compete against older students. So look for the middle school category. So really, middle school on up. Yep, let's get some entries in there. We would love to see more entries this year. Doesn't matter what the situation in schools are like. People are people. Stories are stories. Things are still happening. And hopefully you're getting pictures of them. So if you've got a really cool photo, why not enter the contest? It's easy to do. Again, check out the rules there. Also check out the permission form on the website. Remember, if you get pictures of people and you then enter that image into a contest where you could win a prize, you're supposed to get that person's written permission to use their likeness as part of the contest. That's really important. Now, all the information, again, is on the website, jostens.com slash photo contest. Now, depending on when you're listening to this, maybe you can't start yet, but if it's after January 1, today is the time to enter. Don't put it off. Don't wait till March 1st to enter. No, no, no. And you can go in and enter at different times, maybe for different categories. That's allowed. We'd like to see more entries, and we'd like to see your photos. So let's enter, all right? Or go out and take some creative stuff thinking, I'm going to win that grand prize this year. Once again, it's $1,000 and a brand new awesome camera package. Plus, there are a lot of other prizes for the different levels as well. So... You got to play to win, as the lottery says, so let's get out there and enter. Once again, jostens.com slash photo contest anytime from January 1 to March 1. Who knows? You could be a winner. And all the winning entries, of course, as always, get in, entered and uh, displayed in the annual Jostens Lookbook. Other folks get to see your stuff. Come on, let's enter. jostens.com slash photo contest. Speaking of photos, that's a great creative idea. Get ready for a lot of creative ideas now with our friend Rick Brooks. All right, now let's move into our main topic here, which is just creative ideas. I mean, here we are again. We're talking in early December. So roughly speaking, we'll call this almost the halfway point of the school year. For colleges, obviously the end of the fall semester is coming up here pretty quick. For high schools and middle schools, probably somewhere in early to mid-January is like the midpoint of their school year. 
And uh, again, as we're talking, probably a lot of schools maybe haven't even submitted any pages yet, although that is coming up. And that's very important, by the way, folks, please submit your pages on time. That's very important. But I know that, uh, you know, from working with some schools recently, you know, they're they, they want some fresh ideas still at this point of the school year. So Rick, let's talk about some creative ideas. And let's start maybe with every year seems to have some trends. You know, there's just hot things going on this year I don't know, involving fonts or colors or treatments or something. So let's take a few minutes and, you know, maybe for this particular year, what are some what are some things that are just popular right now? And on a side note, does the pandemic have anything to do with this? Or is it just it, a normal it, it year? It does. The, the pandemic has affected, well, I think it's color. The pandemic has really affected color and a little bit with font too. But um, the way it affected design is there's kind of a retro 90s um, vibe right now for 2022 um, with, with larger, brighter colors or a whole palette of subdued colors. And that's kind of where the pandemic affected things. Um, there's a very interesting um, trend with, with duotones, those images where you have a, a black and white photo that's, that's maybe green with another color image on top of it. Kind of that Spotify effect. I don't know if you remember the Spotify thing where there'd be a, a blue monotone on top of a green background or a purple monotone on top of a yellow background. Um, a very interesting look. Um, and anytime you get a chance to look at any of those Spotify type things, that's, that's definitely had some influence. And a lot of things that people see um, in, on Instagram, um, Twitter, Facebook, whatever, those things do definitely have an effect with design internationally. Um, a lot of stuff with fonts too where people are experimenting with fonts and maybe altering them a little bit, doing stuff to them, not putting them on the straight baseline, using lowercase letters mixed with uppercase letters, a lot of experimentation. But there is also a huge trend right now. It's kind of a yearning for mature design. And we're seeing students do things that are very, very professional looking, subdued colors, with really very mature design techniques in it. Not, not sloppy at all on purpose, very refined. But then you have the opposite side of that, almost a grunge look that's coming into style right now where things are deliberately, deliberately anti-design. There's like a whole anti-design trend where it's not really made to communicate. It's made as a piece of art. And like, like I said, all these kind of things maybe fit together, and maybe they don't fit together. Maybe they're completely isolated and completely separate, but there will be schools that, that have a tendency to, to fit some of these things together. That entire Memphis design style um, started 2019, 2018. It was really very, very popular. It looks like Saved by the Bell. It's that kind of stuff. This is actually an image um, from Bryant High School, and that is Memphis design. You can see all those little pieces of artwork that are um, mixed into that design. Well, that, even though this was a 2020 book, that trend is what's popular for 2022. All right, now Rick, that, okay, let me see if I heard this right, because it sounds like you're talking, what's popular now are two ends of the same spectrum, both ends, at the same, both at ends. the same time? 
at the same time. Well, that always happens, but, but it definitely is very, very visible this year because in the color schemes, we have things like from our organic palette, this color package right here. This type of a color package. All right, we're good. We're again, we're zooming here for this interview. So he's, oh, he's holding it up. Okay. So you uh, can the see color, color a library, very, right? very subdued color scheme, which is really very classic. Um, and in addition, at the same time, we have this color palette, which is our surf palette, which is, it's not aggressive, but it's bright. Yes. I mean, aggressive would be vibrant green, vibrant red, vibrant blue, that kind of stuff. But this is bright, but it's not overly aggressive. All right. Now, help me out here, because as soon as you said retro, my antenna went up. Uh, and I've noticed over the last, well, the last two years at least, maybe, maybe three, and I've joked with people, retro's making a comeback. Now, I think you said retro 90s. I've got folks doing retro 70s, Rick. And well, that, that, was last year's, that, that, that was last year's thing. That's true. Um, retro, actually, retro design just means older design that comes back. And design always does that. It always cycles back. Everything always cycles back. We did have a little different thing happen for 2020 because we had the retro 20s thing that came back. Um, and there's still a little bit of that, that out there because we're, we are still in the 20s. But um, the retro 80s and 70s design was really very popular in 2021. But this I'm talking about for 2022. And it's this, this retro 90s stuff. And that's where those colors come into play. Um, both palettes, the subtle and the, the very, very bright, powerful one. All right. Now, this might be an odd question, but at some point, those won't be the hot items, you know, like in a year or two years or three years oh, or something sure. like that. What It'll caused, change to something else. Rick, what causes that? Is it a person? Is it a group? Is it a company? What, what causes a trend to change? It's what people see and what they're inspired by because everybody, everybody that does design and anybody, anybody watching that, that has done design for your book does this all the time. They look at things that they like and they, they pull a little bit from here and a little bit from there, a little bit from here. And design is evolutionary, always. It, it's always growing. It's always changing. Um, and it does come back. And I think, I think, some of the best designs that people work on might've been something they did five years ago and they'll keep pulling it back. And if it gains enough attention, if it, if it becomes popular enough, if it's in the right marketing campaigns in the right advertising campaigns, it inspires a new trend. Um, right now it's the first time in that I know of that I have been involved with graphic design that the cutouts are not everywhere because cutouts have been one of those trends that started as a fad and became a huge trend and lasted for years and years and years. And I'm just not seeing any of that in this influential stuff for 2022. Doesn't mean it won't be there because it definitely still has a place. It's, it's, a, it's an ongoing trend. Started with that entire iPod campaign long ago and it's, it hasn't gone anywhere. But this year, I, I'm not seeing as many as I did before. So it's just one of those trends that kind of takes a backseat for a while. And in three years, it'll be back. 
Okay, that's uh, is this from? I mean, are these like Madison Avenue geniuses that come up with this stuff, and then everybody just jumps on it? Where does it? Well, start? nobody comes up with something and says it's a trend. Um, they come up with stuff that they like and they use it, and it's it's cool and popular, and people are inspired by it. That's what the trend. That's how a trend happens. It's organic. It's not necessarily planned. Now, people try. I mean, Pantone tries every year and they do a really good job at it. Pantone does a color of the year and we don't know why, at least I don't know quite yet what it's going to be for 2022, what the spring color is going to be. But I know what the colors, if you go online, you can see the colors that they're looking at, things that are, are going to inspire them. And there's a, a whole variety of color that's being used in, in one form or another of fashion design or interior design, those kind of things. And those things end up in magazines and then magazines influence us to be inspired by them. So that's kind of how those color trends move along. But they do a really good job looking at, at fashion design and all other forms of design and see what, what designers are mostly using and what they're going to be using, what they predict they're going to use in the future. So that's how it affects us. We're a little bit behind the curve because our design starts after theirs. So it's, it's secular. I'm curious, do you know, have black and white or black or white ever been the colors of the year from Pantone? They have not. There has been a gray, that was 2019, um, a gray with a yellow, um, which was, was a very cool color combination, um, which I actually liked a lot. Um, but black and white has not been a, one of their palettes that they selected. Hmm. Okay, maybe I'm ahead of the curve. <laughs> I don't think so, but that would be interesting. Well, black and white, black and white is super popular right now, and it's but it's it's actually moved on to this monotone thing that I talked about, where it's not processed color, but it's one color, but not black or white. It's maybe dark blue on a green background. So it's it's kind of that, but a little variation of it. All right, let's talk about covers. Obviously, the cover of the book, very important. You know, the book, tell a book by its cover, that old line and so on. Now, you and I, Rick, both work for Jostens. And I swear, I think our folks can do any kind of cover that anybody would ever dream up. I mean, it's amazing. We've got some amazing capabilities there. But let's talk about this year in particular, either maybe what's popular, what's hot, what's new, what's interesting about a yearbook cover design this year. What have you seen? Well, we do have a couple new things, and new things always tend to, tend to trigger a little trend in cover design, which is kind of cool. I think everybody um, has somehow seen something to do with what's called burnishing. And what burnishing is, is we press into the surface of the cover, it goes down with heat, and it changes the color of the material. And we have a wonderful green and an orange and a red and a, and a purple, really great colors and a couple shades of gray and some beautiful blues um, that a lot of people have used. And there's really, really beautiful stuff that happens with detail when you press it down into the book and that debossing changes color. Um, it is important to know that, that burnishing has everything to do with the material and heat not it's a very specific material that changes color you can't just really burnish anything there's a certain material type that you have to use we do have a new one this year and it's actually black burnishing material and this is an example of it um 
I can't uh, get any light on this. There you can see it. That's all right. That looks cool. Um, it's a near black. It's very dark, dark, dark charcoal, almost black, like a matte black. Matte black is never really jet black. It's it's black, but but it's jet black shows up on it. But you can see where it's been pressed in. It actually changes color and becomes very dark. So this black has become popular because it's new. I mean, the whole burnishing technique is relatively new, um, just a couple years old. And it's, it's very, very popular because you can do so much um, with this technique. Um, a couple other techniques that we've, we've actually added to um, a whole line of materials. This is actually, I'm hoping I can show this. This is actually called accent fleck glitter. Um, and you can see that clear surface on that cover has little tiny flecks, um, tiny like granite dust. Um, in the actual gloss paint there, um, and it just it just shimmers. That's really cool. Yeah, shimmer is the word I was going to use. That is a shimmering cover. Wow. But you That's can even nice. see it's in the glass windows of that tower. So it's all about how you design it, and that's that's the the key to this. It's picking the right stuff, not doing it everywhere, using just the right amount of material and the right amount of design. So it kind of feeds into each other. Another material that's actually very interesting is a, is a um, it's an iridescent holographic lamination. And it's a full coating, just like gloss lamination, like a cover that's printed. Um, the one I showed you that was burnished was actually a, a fabric or a leatherette material. This is actually a printed material and it actually has a holographic surface on it. Wow. So that background is literally gray um, with a lot of art on it that actually has color in it. But this, for this particular design, it was the perfect choice. That's awesome. Really, really beautiful. For any of Justin's advisors listening, uh, you probably have done at this juncture. I'm assuming most schools have done their covers by now, so you might be looking ahead to next year. But definitely have cool. a word with your Justin's representative about some of the things that Rick just described there. Rick, when, I, when you started with the burnished cover there, which I really like, uh, the the word that comes to mind when I see that kind of a cover is classy. I think that's a right. really classy cover. Now, and remember, I did mention that in the trends, that one of those trends um, was that very mature design, and they actually call it um, Fraserism or something like that, like the TV show Frasier, that everything was very clean and polished in his apartment, very wealthy looking, all that kind of stuff. Um, but that's actually one of the trends for next year, that, that mature design. Um, of course, the, the anti-design is in contrast with that, where things are very grungy looking and deliberately not made to be read. It's pretty interesting. <laughs> Classy versus grunge. <laughs> and they both, they both are going to be everywhere. And those two can't go together, can they? Well, we're going to try to figure a way to do that. I mean, we'll, we'll see if we can do that somewhere. Classy grunge. Grungy <laughs> classy. <laughs> I don't know if that's going to work anyway. And the other two that you showed there, uh, the shimmery, which is, well, the, the word that comes to mind is just, those are cool. I yeah. mean, those are eye catching 
covers. Anybody sees that cover, they're going to be saying, wow, look at that. Well, this. and that's how, trend, that, that's how trends start. Yeah. Someone sees something that's like that, that's amazing, and it triggers someone else to do a variation of it. And that's, that's where trends expand and, and they evolve. They, they evolve. And right now, I know, Rick, we've got at least some advisors thinking, oh, man, we'll never be able to afford anything like that. Folks, I tell you, they're affordable. All right. The burnishing is yeah. not that bad. Um, and the other two, which are brand new, uh, aren't that bad either. So, again, you got to talk to your Jossens representative. They can give you all the information. And what the heck? Start planning ahead for next year. Never well, and remember, de design, design, good design is not expensive at all. Good, good. Des the design part of it is not the expense. It's the applications. It's all the additional things you add to it. So you can do great design, and then add one of those things and really make it outstanding. We'll get back to our final segment with our friend Rick Brooks, Jostin's creative expert, coming up in just a bit. We're going to talk about good page designing, ways to kind of dress that up, some new ideas and some other things, along with great advice for brand new first or second year advisors. Rick, of course, has been doing this for over three decades. Trust me, he has some great advice. So get ready for that coming up in just a bit. Yeah, it's a rough year and it's going to continue. We know that. You know, you think about a, a high school freshman. This is their third year dealing with this. Remember, this started the tail end of their freshman year. Actually, not so much tail end. It was about three months. All of their sophomore year. Now this year, all of their junior year. Could it somehow inhibit their senior year next year? Gosh, I hope not, but we honestly don't know. And sadly... Uh, since I consume news, I see too many stories out there and talk to a lot of people. I think probably every school out there right now is struggling in so many different ways. And it truly breaks my heart when I see yet another story about a student who's committed suicide. We've uh, had the story recently from the U.S. Surgeon General talking about his serious concerns about mental health and young people, teenagers and folks in their 20s and so on. This is becoming literally crisis proportions now. That's not an overstatement. It really is. And so a thought here is, is there anything that you as a yearbook staff can do to change the game, to help with the problem? I think the answer is yes. No matter what the situation is at your particular school, there are things you can do to help the situation. And I think the very, very simplest thing you can do is this. I think there are so many kids in schools right now that are just invisible. That's the, they're a ghost, as sometimes is the term I've used in the past. And they simply want some attention. Hey, recognize me. I'm here. I'm doing something. I have a hobby. I have an interesting story that happened to me. Uh, you know, I was involved with something. Um, you know, I'm out there. I may not be the star of the sports team, but I'm out there trying my best. And there's a story there. When you think about it, every single kid in school I just described, but yet in so many cases, it's, ugh, I hate to use the word ignored, but it is. They're ignored. 
And so when these kids feel ignored, it's no surprise they're down in the dumps, that they have mental health issues that start or get worse, when all they want is saying, hey, recognize me. Well, that's what we do in the yearbook world. That's part of our yearbooking effort, recognizing people, getting their stories, telling their stories. And we've mentioned this before. You can tell somebody's story with a picture and a caption. That's it. Caption could be a couple of lines, hopefully a half-decent picture. And that could go in the yearbook. It could go elsewhere. It could definitely go on social media. If you have video boards at your school, pop them up there. Guaranteed, they're going to attract attention. Uh, I had one school that I work with. They made 50 posters and put them all over school with nothing but different pictures and captions of different students reporting on what they've done, interesting stories, funny stories, all kinds of stories about them. They put them all over the school. What a pick-me-up. When a student walks by, you know, maybe the water fountain or something, and there's a poster with their story on it. Yes, I've been recognized. And it doesn't matter if you're a small school, big school, whatever school, every student out there has stories to tell, and they simply want to be recognized. And so if you can go recognize these people, is it possible that could lift spirits, that could lift mental health efforts and so on? I think the answer is yes. So beyond just making pages in a book, your yearbook staff has the opportunity to really change the game. And I hope you take on the challenge. The worst that happens is, okay, everybody notice it, that's fine. But I think it goes way beyond that. I think really you have a lot of students saying, yeah, I'm part of this group. Yes, I'm here. Yes, I'm valued. Do that and your school will be forever grateful. Discuss that with your yearbook staff. See what you can do over the rest of the remaining school year, and then let's go do it. I think it could be a real game changer. Speaking of game changers, how about one more segment with our creative expert friend, Rick Brooks? All right, now let's jump back a little bit to specifically page designing. Um, you know, folks that really want to kind of up their page designing game. You mentioned a couple things earlier. What are some things to, you know, try for this year that would that would go in that direction? Well, a lot a lot has to do with um, larger fonts. Um, I think the days of just a tag on a page is, is, is not really where we are anymore. We're actually creating headlines that are, are real headlines. It's not it doesn't just say basketball that that's not a headline that that's a tag. And that might still be on the page, but but smaller. But the real trend right now is to do true headlines that are larger. And that's the design. I mean, if you have a even a simple font, um, a simple font, a little larger um, can be amazing for a design package for a spread. But those those fonts have to feed into the design of the page. It's really not just about sticking that on after you've done everything. It's about incorporating that concept into the spread. Now, um, I was going to phrase this. I tell, now again, I work primarily with high schools and middle schools. And I tell them, hey guys, templates. Try using templates or try making a template and then using it. 
Now, from your experience, Rick, again, I've got a lot of schools where every time they turn the page, it's something new, something new, something new, something new. You're kind of nodding your head no. What about using templates? Why, why is that maybe a good idea? You, you have to create templates. <laughs> you, you're never going to have a fabulous design package if you don't have a package. You, starting with, even if you create them, it's, it, you don't have to use existing templates. Templates are not the issue. Um, taking someone else's book, obviously, is not what you want to do, but being inspired by it and using a little bit here, a little bit there. But when you create a template as a group, when a group sits down and creates a template for, for sports, for student life, for whatever, for fall, for winter, whatever this, the template's for, that way other students can utilize those, modify them, and you have a package. Otherwise, you just have individual student stuff on page after page after page after page. You have no cohesiveness. The only way to really establish cohesiveness in any publication, whether it be a yearbook or any other magazine or professional publication, is to have templates. You, you really need to do it. All right. I think the key word you use there is the word inspiration. See what somebody else has done. Like, hey, I really like that. And then modify it to what you want. I mean, again, Rick, I've been at this for over 20 years working with kids. And most kids, they want to do their own thing. I want to do my own thing. Okay, but you're saying to have a good package of good templates, you can sort of borrow what somebody else did and put your own spin on it, right? Right, right, right. And that's a good thing, folks. All right. Uh, well, I remember a, a yearbook program is not a my own thing. It's an our own thing. There is no me in the whole yearbook thing. It's us. So if you're not doing it as a group, you shouldn't you shouldn't guide it you shouldn't drive just your own opinion it's it's about what the group has decided on not what one person has rick i've been fighting that battle for 23 years <laughs> i know i know uh, with eh, middling success i suppose but greatness comes from that happening the best books in the country happen because of a group like this one it happened because of a group. Bryant, Arkansas does is one of the top yearbooks, one of the top high school yearbooks in the country, year in, year out. And our friend Margaret Sorrows set the table. She set the table for those folks. Um, so that's where she worked for so many years. And we're glad that we have her on our team now as a Justin's ambassador, which is really cool. All right, Rick, one more question. And it's a favorite question that I like to ask at the end. And I've really been asking it here over this last year and a half to the various guests that I've had here. I'm going to assume that we have a good number of either rookie advisors listening in, or maybe last year they were a rookie. So this is like their second year. And some folks, of course, with the whole situation in schools right now, a lot of struggles still out there of various kinds. We don't know what this winter is going to bring. You know, now what is this? Omicron we have to worry about now? Wonderful. That's just great. All this stuff. What is some advice that you would give, especially, I mean, to any advisor, but especially to new or newer advisors that somehow have walked into this situation in a pandemic and they're probably thinking, well, how did I get myself in this? 
What is some advice that you can give them to help them kind of pick up their game, improve their efforts, improve their book, and not go totally nuts doing all that stuff? What, what are some observations from you? Well, if you're still doing stuff virtually, which I know a lot of people are, and I, I think I'll do some stuff virtually on purpose for a very long time. I actually like follow-up meetings through Zoom. I actually think that there's a, a real good reason to have this. Um, the one thing you have to do with, this, with anything virtual is make a connection with everyone on the screen. And I just think the days of, of students being on the screen and not being part of the meeting have to end. Um, people have to turn their cameras on or they're not part of it. People have to turn their microphones on or they're not part of it. But they have been told, students have been told so many times, turn your mic off, turn your camera off. They've been taught to do this. And that's not how this part of it can work yearbook stuff publishing can't work that way if people just sit there with their with their microphones off i i can't have a meeting with them i i don't know what what i don't know their reaction i don't know what they're feeling and i think knowing what they're feeling or knowing that they're part of it is important for me but even more important for them to be part of it because if you don't make everybody part of it if everybody doesn't have something to do they will do nothing and that, that happens in your book all the time. We don't assign everybody materials. Write captions, tag photos. There's always stuff to do. But when you're trying to get stuff done, it's real easy as an advisor or a teacher. It's real easy just to say, I'll just do that myself. Or this student will do that. And leave these 15 people with, with nothing to do. There, there have to be assignments. And that's, that's vital to get people involved, to make them feel part of it. Cause then they're going to love it at the end because they were part of it. And it's, it's, it helps them. It's, it's better for them. It's, it's a wonderful experience then instead of a grueling, awful experience of being on your book, it can be amazing and it should be. All right. Now folks, we all know this, this pandemic's going to continue. I mean, it's going to continue through the rest of the school year. It is. We can't get away from it. But Rick, it's possible to make a really good yearbook in a pandemic? Yes or no? Absolutely. Okay, how? A lot of people have done it. A lot yeah. of people have done it. What, what are some quick tips on how? They get the stuff. They get the people. To, if you can get photos and you can identify those people, if you can get photos and identify, because things are happening. I've been to, I've been to a school every week since August 15th. There are schools open and things happening and students are doing stuff um, everywhere. They, they are. And even if they're not in school doing stuff, things are still happening. They're still doing stuff. And those kind of things can be covered in this book. If you have great photos, um, even if they're taken on cell phones and it doesn't even matter what cell phone you have, even if the photos are taken that way, because I want, if you haven't watched videos on, on photography, um, through YTO, please do. Um, photography is, is vital and it's not about the camera. It's not about what you take the photos with. It's about how you crop them, how you, how you use techniques to, to incorporate darks and lights. It's, it's all about the way you take the picture, not what you use to take it. The best camera is the one you have. 
which is probably you can your make cell phone, calls. which is probably in your pocket. Yes, that's right. Absolutely. And I feel terrible because I have a, a, a Nikon over on that shelf that I haven't taken off that shelf in two years. And I don't even know if it's held the charge. I take my cell phone everywhere. I, I, I use it and I, I take pretty good pictures. Better put Ultraman over there next to the camera so we can guard it. Yeah. <laughs> and let me mention one thing you mentioned earlier, headlines, something as simple as writing good headlines on your pages instead of just saying football, which yeah. you call tag, tag is not a headline. Yeah, I call that a title. You called it a tag. That is not a headline. And you can write a good headline with a handful of words and boom, you instantly just dressed up that page. It's amazing. Simple, something as simple as that. So, and also uh, Rick mentioned, especially for Justin's advisors, yearbook Avenue, digital classroom, check out all the amazing videos that are in there. They fabulous are fabulous resource. Fabulous resource. If somehow you've missed these, again, you can contact your Johnson's representative and say, where do I find these things? They'll tell you and you'll love them. Oh, they're, they're awesome. So Rick, it's always a pleasure to talk to you because you are so filled with ideas. It's unbelievable. And uh, I'll let you go back out to traveling now. <laughs> you don't travel over Christmas break, do you? I do not. Okay, good. I do. I do. But it's just to my mom's. <laughs> yeah, vacation or something. There we go. Well, Rick, I really appreciate all the ideas and insights that you shared. And I appreciate your time. Thank you very much. All right, Scott. Take care. Many thanks again to our friend Rick Brooks for sharing a ton of great ideas. Again, the hot trends. What are the hot things going on right now? And I'm still waiting for the Pantone color at some point to be black and white, the color of the year. Why not? There's a lot of other colors, black and white. Those are colors. Why not those? I'm no expert. We'll see what happens. Either way, see if you can integrate some of those creative ideas that Rick mentioned during our interview. It's not too late. Even though we're halfway through the school year, you might have pages done already. It's not too late to do some changing and tweaking. And when we talked about covers, it's never too soon to start looking ahead to next year. Some of those cover ideas that Rick described, oh boy. Talk to your Jostens representative. We have an amazing collection. I swear, we could make any cover that anybody ever comes up with. It's incredible. Talk to your Jostens representative. They can help you out. In the meantime, either have a happy holiday season, or I hope you had a good one. Let's make it a great January, no matter what happens working together and tell those stories. That's the key. Thanks again for listening to the Yearbooking Report podcast. <music>